So tonight we are talking about, um, we're starting this new series called Flipped. Do we have that uh, graphic? Right, there we go. We're starting a new series called Flipped, which is why we played the game where you try to flip the thing, right? Yeah, that was connection there. Um, we're starting a series, it's going to be really cool. And, and I want to start off tonight with a question, and that is this, what scares you? Like somebody tell me what your, what, what you, what your fear is. Clowns, clowns are freaky sometimes, yeah. Elevators, that's a weird one, but all right. Not succeeding, okay, that's deep. Your mother, all right. Huh? Tight places, claustrophobia, yeah. Huh? A falling. Maybe else afraid of heights, right? See, I'm afraid of heights because I'm fat, and that means it would hurt worse, I think. I don't know. I, I, I imagine that. Maybe it wouldn't, but. Now, you know why I'm afraid of, of heights, and this is true, because when I was in the first grade, I was swinging, and you know how you, like, would jump off the swing, right? I was swinging real high, jumped off the swing, broke my arm, both, play, both bones all the way through. My whole wrist, like this part, was up here. It was bad. So uh, I really think that's where my, my fear of heights comes from, is from the first grade, because I had that happen. Now, I like to, I have found this, and I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, kids who are in, like, the 8 to 10-year-old range, um, they don't pay attention to just anything. I don't know if you've noticed this. Uh, and so they're really easy to scare because they're not paying attention. Like when, when uh, there were times when Chase and D.A. and Ileana would be in the church during the day, like their parents would be here working on stuff, and, and, and I would walk into the room, and I could hear them where they are because they're being loud, but they wouldn't hear me because they're not paying attention. And so it's real easy to, like, just run up and scare them or jump out of from behind a door because they're so not paying attention that they didn't hear me. Yes. That's true. You might have been there for one or two of those, and you were a little older than that. But uh, I was trying to, trying to leave you out of it, but I appreciate your honesty. So, yeah, and there's, there's all kinds of stuff that scare us. I want to show a little video about there's just some folks getting freaked out and scared. Here's the thing. That and most of, like, the fears we talked about earlier are, like, very surface-level fears, you know. Um, talk about fear of heights, and they're legitimate fears, uh, but they're not the kind of things that, uh, that we think about a lot. Like, I am scared of heights, but I don't really think about it unless I happen to be in a situation where, I, you know, where that might come up, which I try not to be very often because I'm scared of it. And so, uh, you know, most of those kind of things are the stuff that, that are very surface-type fears, you know. Um, you get scared, you scream, you move on. But, but then there are deeper fears in our lives, right? There are things that kind of that underlie, things that don't go away so quickly, things that we're not so easy to move on from. And, and they're the kind of things that you ever have, like, you have the same conversation in your head with somebody else, but in your head, like, in advance. Anybody else done that? Do this all the time, right? Y'all are liars. Only two of y'all put your hands up. I know y'all do that. Right. And so those are the kind of things, you know, where, where we they linger and they're hard for us to admit to people. Things like uh, maybe a fear of not having friends or a fear of never finding a boyfriend or girlfriend or a fear of our parents splitting up or, you know, a fear of not succeeding. Like what Ashton said, fear of not meeting our parents expectations, fear of rejection, you know, fear of being made fun of these kind of things that. That, st that kind of stick with us a lot longer and a lot deeper 
than most of our surface fears. But here's the good news. The good news is that we all have them. And so we may have different fears, but the fact is nobody is, is immune from that. And so uh, whatever our fears are, we're not alone, which is cool. But if we're not careful, these kind of fears cause us to like miss really important things in life. Right. Like when we get so distracted by things that we miss some other things. And so tonight we're going to look at a guy in the Bible who had uh, some pretty serious fear issues, uh, but he encountered Jesus and it flipped his whole world upside down. Now, you guys have probably heard the name Zacchaeus. What's the first thing you think of when you hear Zacchaeus? And a wee little man was he. Yeah. Right? No, we're not going to say he climbed up in a sycamore tree. No. Right? And, and some of you guys, like me, you learned that when you were little, four or five years old maybe. And yes, that is the first thing we think about with Zacchaeus, is that he was short. And that's true. But what that song does not tell us about Zacchaeus is what he did. Now, Zacchaeus is a tax collector. Okay, which, like, yeah, right now we don't like the IRS, but that doesn't make, you know, they're just kind of dudes we don't like. But you got to understand, in this day and age, in the Bible times, being a tax collector made you, basically, you're like you're in the mafia. Okay? But it's like this. Imagine if Canada invaded America. I know, that's funny. I know, I know. They wouldn't get this far anyways, let's be honest. But just imagine, imagine if Canada invaded America, and your neighbor... Once the Canadians got here, jumped to the Canadian side and became their tax collector. And what that meant is he collected your taxes for them, but he also collected extra for himself. And he was legally allowed to do this. That's what a tax collector did. He was a Jewish person, but the Romans were there, you know, had taken over. And so this is a Jewish person who works for the Romans and basically steals from his neighbors so that he can get rich off of it. And he pays Rome their percentage. But... But he takes a lot more than that. So he's like, he's the mafia, man. He's, he's a crook. But he's not just a crook. He's your neighbor. He's somebody they knew who should have been on their side and, and is stealing from them. Now, yes, we do know that Zacchaeus is also short. He is vertically challenged. A few of y'all can relate to that. We, we'll pray for you. But uh, um, no, I'm kidding. There's nothing wrong with being short. It's okay. So vertically challenged, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Zacchaeus is short, and nobody likes him. All right? Zacchaeus is short, and nobody likes him. So now we get a little more motivation about, okay, so we hear that Jesus is coming. Now we see why he would climb the tree, okay? In Luke 19, 4, Jesus is coming, and it says, So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, to see Jesus, since Jesus was coming that way. Now, it's interesting to think that Zacchaeus even showed up to see Jesus at all because he could have very easily just stayed home, right? you got all these people around that don't like him. He's going to have a hard time seeing anyways. Many of us would have just stayed home or we would have been tempted to. He probably was. But, but you know what? There was something drawing him to Jesus. He had probably heard the stories of Jesus' ministry, the things he'd been doing, the people he'd been healing. And so he wanted to find out, is this guy for real? Like, is this legit? But, but he is, uh, again, he's short. Nobody likes him. So despite that, he's going to go, but he's not going to engage. He's not going to participate. Right? He's just going to go. He's going to stay away from the people. He's going to climb up a tree so that nobody has to 
talk to him. He doesn't have to talk to anybody. He can just get a look, get a get, get an idea of what Jesus was right. He's or what is about. He's there, but he's not really participating or engaging. And some people treat church like that. Some of you guys, if we're being honest, treat church like that. You come on Wednesday nights to youth. You come on Sunday morning, maybe. But but that's kind of it. You don't really uh, do much more than that. You're not engaged on a social level or on a spiritual emotional level. You're just kind of there. And, and I don't think. That Zacchaeus was just afraid of the crowd, although he probably was, because if nobody liked you and you were little, you probably got beat up a lot. But he he had the, you know, so he, he was probably afraid of the crowd, but he was probably also afraid of Jesus. Because think about it. This is a guy who's claiming to be God, okay, and you are a traitor to his people and you're stealing from this guy's people. But if he's God, he can, like, strike you with lightning or something, right? He, you know, he can, he can Bruce Almighty this thing and just take you out. And so he was probably afraid that Jesus would do something like that or, or Jesus would call him out in a sermon, you know, just be like, just, just call him out in front of everybody. And so he's afraid of the crowd. He's probably afraid of Jesus. And he's afraid that nobody wants to be close to him. But here's the cool thing. Jesus, as is his custom, does something totally unexpected. Okay, we're going to go forward in the story. This is Luke 19, 5 and 6. It says, when Jesus reached this spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Let's pause for a second. Imagine that a famous actor, they're filming a movie. In Odessa. I don't know why they would. Let's just imagine. Imagine they're filming a movie in Odessa. Friday Night Lights 2. There we go. And there's a famous actor playing the coach. Not Billy Bob Thornton again. We'll, we'll get somebody else, okay? We'll get Matthew McConaughey. He seems like a West Texas dude. He's actually from Midland, I think. So, so Matthew McConaughey is here. And you're driving down the street, and you're in your car, and you pull up to a stoplight. And you look over like, dude, that's Matthew McConaughey. He's in, that, he's in the car next to us at the stoplight. And Matthew McConaughey rolled. No, he's got automatic locks. He, or he didn't have the crank like I do. He's got automatic windows. He rolls down the window, and he's like, hey, driving, how you doing, man? You'd be like, how does he know who I am? How does, how does this dude know who I am? That's what happens here. Zacchaeus is just trying to get a look. He doesn't want to be like he's not asking for an autograph or nothing. And Jesus shows up and is like, hey, Zach, come down. I'm gonna come, let's, let's go have dinner. He actually invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house, which is funny because if, if y'all parents are like mine, they, tra- they treated, told you not to do that. Like you don't invite yourself over somebody else's house, right? But Jesus does it anyway because he's Jesus. He can do that stuff. And so he's like, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over for dinner, dude. Anybody got that friend whose house you can walk in without an invite? A few of y'all, right? Now, see, all my friends who used to be like that, now they're all married with kids, so I have to call. I can't just show up at anybody's house anymore. But, but man, when we were in high school, Brad would just show up at my house. He'd text, or when I was living by myself, he'd come over all the time and, and we'd play tennis or whatever. And so, but he wouldn't tell me. He would just be like, show up. Like, oh, what's up, dude? So he says, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over. Play Xbox or something, you know? Now, all the other people around don't like Zacchaeus because he's a bad guy. So they are confused at this point. 
Right at this point in the story, the other people are like, "Wait a second! We thought he, we thought he was going to yell at Zacchaeus. We were, we were. You ever had that some that guy in your class who needs to get yelled at? And when you can tell the teacher's getting ready to, you get excited, right? You're like, "Oh, he's about to get it finally! I've been praying for this day all year." That's how it was. Some of you guys are that person who needs to get yelled at, but that's, not, that's neither here nor there. That's how it was. They were like, yes, Zacchaeus is about to get it. Jesus is about to tell Zacchaeus what's up. And instead, he's like, hey, Zach, let's go have dinner. So Luke 19, 7, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. Why would a man who claims to be God be spending time with someone so jacked up this is a person with public uh, sins and public issues. That, you know, he's got a past and he's got a present. He's messed up. And that is because Jesus experienced something about God that is true. And that is only true of Jesus. No other God, no other uh, God in the world has ever claimed this. But Jesus wants to love us and not to judge us. That's what Zacchaeus learned in that moment, that Jesus is not here to judge. He's here to love. See, most people think that the order goes like this. First, you get your life together. You quit drinking. You quit smoking. You quit sleeping around with people. Then eventually, if you get all that stuff together, then God will accept you. That's what most people think. But here's the thing. It's actually reversed. It's flipped. God accepts us, and then he helps us get our lives together. He helps us get our stuff straightened out. And so at that moment, when Zacchaeus figures this out, something changed inside Zacchaeus. And he says to the Lord in Luke 19, 8, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And this is probably funny because, like, he had cheated everybody out of stuff. That's, that was his job, basically, was to take money that wasn't his from the people around him. And so when he says, if I have cheated anybody out of anything, you know all the people around were like, where's that line? I, I would like to get in the line to get my restitution because I got something coming back. Because when Jesus accepted Zacchaeus, it dissolved his fear. And at that point, he was free to engage. He was free to be close to Jesus because he understood that Jesus loved him no matter what. And that's what led to the change. And that's what's so cool because I imagine all these other people, because again, what we talked earlier about how Zacchaeus didn't want to be a part of the community. Right? He's separate. He wants to be separate because he knows they hate him. But the first thing he says, basically, is I'm going to make things right with all these people. He could have just said, you know, in the, there's another story in the Bible where uh, there's a woman caught in prostitution. All the dudes, all the, all the Pharisees, all these high and mighty guys bring her to Jesus, say, we caught her in bed with a dude. She's not married to him, okay? So uh, we caught him there. What do you say? And Jesus bends down. He writes in the sand. He says, uh, any of you who's without sin, you cast the first stone, they all leave. She's left by herself. And at that point, he says to her, he says, go and sin no more. And, and I think Zacchaeus probably had that option to just, you know what, starting here, I'm going to change 
But he still didn't have to engage with the culture. He didn't have to engage with this community. But at that point, he decides, you know what? Not only am I going to change going forward, I'm going to change in reverse. I'm going to change going back, and I'm going to go back and fix some of the stuff that I already did. And to do that, he had to engage. He had to talk with people. He had to apologize to people. And we sometimes get where Zacchaeus was. You might be there right now. And that is that we have this fear of getting close to God because God might kick us away. God might judge us. God might not let us get close to him. And so instead of allowing the opportunity to get hurt, we just keep God at a distance to begin with. Some of y'all have done this with relationships and your friends, too, in that you think that person's going to hurt you so you don't let them get close enough to, to, to do anything. But what if it was okay to take a step closer because Jesus wants to be close to us? I've said it once. I've said it a hundred times. You guys know Genesis 3, our first creation, when God created us, he created us for a relationship with him. Says God walked in the garden with the cool of the day. He was looking for a relationship with Adam and Eve. And ever since, that's what he's been looking for, is a relationship with us. And so here's the application. Here's the, the do or the, uh, the action step. Is this, take a step closer. Whatever that means in your life, to take a step closer to God. It might mean praying for the first time in question mark right actually saying okay god i need to, to meet with you we haven't met in a while we haven't talked in a while now's the time it could just be praying thanking god for loving us no matter what no matter what that looks like it might mean actually reading your bible outside of the you version during my message or the screen during the message you know, it might mean actually going home and, and taking a, a soap reading plan on your way out and, and reading your Bible and really beginning to, to, get, to dig into that, to, to dig into what that means and how it can apply to your life. It might mean you turn the radio to a different station when you get in the car. You put a different Pandora station or, you know, whatever it may be. Take a step, whatever, wherever you're at now, just take a step closer to God because that's what God wants is relationship. God wants more than anything to have relationship with us. And so whatever your next step is, whatever the thing that you need to do to take a step closer to God, know this. When you take that step, God is not going to judge you for it. See, Zacchaeus got flipped. His whole life, the way his attitude, his actions all got flipped. And maybe you say, you know what? I'm not stealing from my friends. Good. But we can all afford to take a step closer. And so I want to encourage you guys tonight. That's the action step here. When you go home tonight, do something to move a step closer to God. You know, the Bible says in in John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life more abundant. They may have life to the full is what some other translations say. And it is not, when we move closer to God, we get closer to that full life. You know, so many people think that if we're Christians, it means we don't have fun. 
means we can't, uh, you know, ever enjoy life. We just got to sit and be miserable and be cranky all the time. I've known some Christians like that, and so have you. But that's not life to the full. Jesus wants so much more than that for us. You know, Jesus, think about this, guys. I don't know if you know this. The disciples, the 12 disciples, uh, were probably all in their late teens to early 20s when God called them. So imagine this. Let's think for a second. Jesus spent, Jesus is 33, so he's a little older, right? He's a little older. But he spends three years hanging out with 12 dudes between the ages of like 17 to 25. Do you think they laughed? Yeah, probably, right? Because you guys know what a 17, 25-year-old dude is like. We watch Anchorman. I'm not in that age range anymore, but I used to be. You know, we watch Anchorman, and we make fart jokes. And, like, you know, that is an age group that likes to have a good time. And so I have every belief that those dudes during their three years with Jesus had fun. It only makes sense that they would. When you live together with people, when you spend that much time together for three years with somebody, you're going to have some laughs with them. And so God wants that. God wants us to have a full life. And so I encourage you guys, take a step closer to that tonight. When you get home tomorrow morning, when you get up, whatever it may be, take a step closer. I'm not asking you to read the whole Bible next week, okay? And You know, I wouldn't ask that of you. Just take one step. Take one step closer. You'll be amazed at what happens. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the example that you gave us uh, in Zacchaeus, God, in the Word. Lord, that if somebody as bad as Zacchaeus, who was considered like the worst of society, if you can draw that person to you, then you can so draw us to you. God, I pray that you would... uh, Just give us the courage to take that step, Lord, whatever it might be in everybody's lives. Lord, that that you would give us the courage to take that next step. Lord, that it would be fruitful, that we would uh, begin to see the changes in our lives because of it, Heavenly Father. And I pray, God, I just pray that you would make those changes evident in our lives to ourselves and to those around us, to our family members, God. We thank you and we love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.